Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro. And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace. Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team. Let's dive into the research to find out what NeuroInsight you could implement today. Welcome back. Uh, We have a lovely paper to talk about today, so let's just jump in. Our title is A Comparison of Face-to-Face and Online Training in Improving Managers' Confidence to Support the Mental Health of Workers. Now, to give a little background, uh, there's a rise of preventable mental illness, and I think that's, again... A big word, preventable. These are things that we could work towards not having in the workplace. Uh, This causes long-term sickness, absence, and incapacity. That leads to uh, work absences that negatively impact the self-esteem and causes isolation within uh, the workplace. There's financial hardships, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a big problem. How do we solve it? Uh, We have big companies. How do we scale it? This is what the online uh, mental health training is looking at solving. But does it work? Is it effective? What's the difference between in-person and online? Well, this paper is looking to study at the two of them. Uh, It talks about face-to-face versus online. And um, now to just understand the two, face-to-face, this is in-person. This was published in 2019. If it was 2023, maybe they would use different language. We're just moving so fast, people. Um, So face-to-face is in-person training. Uh, So people talk in person, have a trainer come, and then uh, the other is online training. And these would be uh, pre-recorded classes, uh, not a live live interactive course. Mm -hmm. So we can think about Head Coach, which we reviewed last episode. So that would be an example of an online training. And the advantages of an online training is you don't have to worry about scheduling. People do it at their own pace. Uh, They can click through. Yeah, it's just a lot less costly and a lot more scalable. So they did uh, training programs in this study that were designed to help managers support the staff they supervise Uh, to become more effective in improving uh, a manager's confidence and reducing absenteeism among the staff. Yeah, so they wanted to compare what head coach did uh, with with in-person trainings. So although there's value found in some online trainings, uh, the in-person trainings uh, do have uh, some efficacy that there's a discrepancy between the two. So what exactly is that? So they went about Um, trying to evaluate face-to-face training with a separate study evaluating online uh, delivery of this educational content. So they took two separate studies that had already been done. So one of them was written by Milligan and Saville in 2017. This was an intervention that was uh, quite groundbreaking, I think, in the field of mental health interventions because it showed a really high return on investment. So ROI, it was... $17 that was returned to the company because they did not have employees take $17 
per dollar invested. Spent, yeah. Yeah, so that was huge ROI. That's an ROI of like 1,700%. And so anyway, this paper really caused ripple effects, I think, in the mental health intervention for managers field. And just shortly about this intervention. So it was a face-to-face, four-hour, one-time training for firefighters. And uh, it was based on this program called RESPECT. So RESPECT has... Uh, a couple of principles, I won't go through all of them, but a couple of them are, for example, R stands for regular contact, um, E stands for earlier the better. Uh, so yeah, there are just some principles that guided this training to help these firefighter managers to give practical help, to communicate effectively with their employees and um, just improve the mental health outcomes. And they found great results. As I told you, the ROI was was huge. But also some of the other things that were tracked, they looked at manager confidence. And they took that metric of manager confidence and then compared that to the manager confidence that was measured by head coach, which is the fully online training. So what they found in this study was that adherence was much better in person, which shouldn't be a surprise if you make it part of your day it's scheduled in the office. Everyone's supposed to be there already. Um, you whereas, can't just leave. Yeah, you, you can't just leave. Um, and then, you know, making it required. So there was much more adherence in person versus uh, online. Yeah, and I think this is, as we said in the head coach episode, a big problem with fully online programs. It's yes, you can do it at your own time. Yes, it's scalable. But we all know when we are given a task to do on our own time, well, we have all these other things, all these other tasks we need to get done as well. So I think it kind of drops to the wayside. And so I think the great benefit of the face-to-face is the social aspect of having other people there. You're learning from them, but also the fact that you're more likely to actually complete the training. Well, and how is that they're learning from other people? Well, other people are asking questions you didn't think of. Other people are bringing examples. We talked about context. That's really important in mental health. Um, contextualizing your mental health problems with uh, the situation, with the content. So uh, what's the problem in the office? How can I address that? Ooh, he said something interesting. I could probably implement that at my office too. So that's the informal learning happening in a classroom that you wouldn't have if you're just swiping your phone. Exactly. And just a, just a little sidebar here. I think we're often so bombarded with so many programs and interventions. If you're HR listening to this, you're probably like, oh my goodness, I have so many people telling me this this and that program is going to be effective. And I think studies like this really cause us to pause and reflect on what type of intervention do I actually want for my managers and that's going to be the most effective. And there's always going to be a, a cost and benefit analysis you're doing. But um, yeah, if, if it's just going to be, okay, send my managers off with some app that they do on their own time, I think, yeah, you're going to lose out on how many managers actually do it. There's no way to keep track. There's no way to enforce it. And if I was HR, I think I would want my managers to have the most benefit. I would want them to be in a social situation where they can learn from other managers um, 
And so I think those are just some considerations to be thinking about. There are so many apps out there that that tell you this and that, but um, how many of those apps really allow for that social learning, for that repetitive reinforcement to happen? Well, and look, we're in the age of information, but that doesn't necessarily transfer into knowledge. Um, you can tell everyone everything they need to know on Wikipedia, but that doesn't necessarily translate into the yeah. office space. Exactly. And then second point is it's inevitable. We're, we're moving online in so many different ways. And each one of these areas needs some kind of technological addressing of uh, each one of these areas uh, that's needed within the office. And then thirdly, mental health. Um, we're talking about humans. We need humans yeah. to talk about mental health. Right. If managers are lonely, you don't give them a textbook to be not lonely. <laughs> You give them people. Yeah, you give them people. That shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. And I mean, what they found in the study, too, was quite interesting. They measured change in confidence for the face-to-face -face versus the online training and showed that for both right after the intervention and the four-month or six-month follow-up, that it was the face-to-face -face training, even though it was only one time for four hours, that resulted in a higher change in confidence right after the training as well as four to six months after. But again, face-to-face -face training, this is in-person training, is really difficult because you need to have someone get into a car, someone that's qualified, that's has all the training and drive them around to where your people are. That doesn't always work. Now, I'm curious if this face-to-face -face translates to online because uh, the head coach was totally off live. What about face-to-face -face interaction on a, on a screen? Yeah, and that's what I think we're trying to do in terms of blending the best of both worlds. We want the intervention to be scalable in that it can reach more people. And I think by having it on an app, by having it on a virtual platform, we can do that. I think the other way that um, we are trying to balance the two is that we want to have we fight for this. We fight for the in-person interaction. We say we need it to be live and facilitated um, because there, there's just so many ways that we could cut that and just have you, you know, text boxes appear on a screen and <laughs> you click on arrows and that would be easy to do. But I think there is something that is lost that's fundamentally lost when you take away the human interaction from a training. We're also focusing on uh, managers on the training itself, but they're always meant to go back into their context. So in that sense, they're trained to then go do in-person intervention. So we're online, but we also have an in-person intervention. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. And that's a big part of our trainings is that we always end with a practice point, which is a small actionable step that you can take and implement in your team right now. And then the next experience, we then come back and ask the managers, did you do that practice point and how did it go? And we know that accountability and having people that can check in on you, I mean, that's that's huge. And coaching, because if you have a problem, why didn't you do that? That's also a very good question to ask, mm -hmm. to think through your week, why didn't I do that? Right. And, you know, this repetitive thing of it's not just a one-off training. I mean, we saw that with this Milligan-Saville paper, a one-off four-hour training already had huge impacts 
ROI, crazy ROI, huge impacts on confidence that even lasted. Can you imagine having an in-person training that's not just um, a one-time, four-hour thing, but is repetitive, that has these practice points where you are checked in on with facilitators, there's accountability there, there's community, um, and, and, and that's how behavioral change is actually being implemented. I think the impact of that would really be huge if we could get um, managers to go through that. Well, this is all very exciting, and we haven't seen something quite like our product yet uh, with these studies, uh, but it's interesting to talk about things completely off-live, face-to-face, and blends. Yeah. Um, this is very interesting for us. Yeah, it's, it's, I like this paper a lot because it, it compares two different types of interventions, and we're seeing what's it effective for and what the cost benefits are, and I think... Um, if you're a manager, if you're HR listening in, I think these these kind of uh, discussions are very helpful, hopefully, in you deciding what kind of intervention you want for your managers. So with that, uh, we'll bring a close to this episode and um, stay tuned for more Nero insights from the literature. We'll see you next time. 